Oh, jeez, Doc. I don't just feel good about anything that I do. What do I got? Well, it seems like you have a bad case of imposter syndrome. Oh, man, Doc. How do I deal with that? I don't even know. Well, it sounds like you need this jam. You're listening to DevMap, the podcast for junior developers and the cure for imposter syndrome. We are here to bring you tips, tricks, and tools of the trade to navigate your career as a developer. Oh, stretch. Let the lungs breathe. Let them breathe. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the DevMap Podcast. My name is Omar, one of your co-hosts, and I'm joined today with my other co-host, Jason. How are you doing today, Jason? Hey, what's up, Omar? DevMap. Hey, man. We- co-host. DevMap. DevMap co-host. Dev- DevMap co-host. Dev- DevMap co-host, bruh. <laughs> so it's just two of us today. Uh, unfortunately, uh, Sakari isn't going to be able to join us anymore. She has... A lot of things on her plate, but we are here to help her out whenever she needs help, you know, with weddings and all that stuff. But hey, you didn't hear that from us. Ooh. All right. Ooh, someone's getting married. So let's talk about marriage. <laughs> <laughs> and let's let's learn how to marry. Well, specifically, let's learn how to learn, right? Because this episode is going to be all about learning how to learn. It's going to be a short one, hopefully. Uh, but... Just so you guys know, that's what we want to talk about, learning how to learn. So I'm going to be that guy, Omar, you know, like in the audience, like, Omar, um, what do you mean learning how to learn? I know how to learn. I got a degree. Got a degree. I got a degree in learning. <laughs> School hard knocks. So learning how to learn is just the way it's, it's understanding how to have a skill or how to build a skill or how to understand something, right? There, there obviously is a process to any sort of learning, mm-hmm. but understanding what that process is will help you make that more efficient, right? So if you want to learn how to do X, or if you want to learn how to use a new tool, right? A development tool, mm-hmm. or you want to learn how to do interviewing, right? How do you go about that? Like, What is the first step and then the second step after that? Because you can't start a journey without taking that first step. Dang. Words of wisdom. Yeah. Deep. So let's kind of, let's, t- let's talk about, you know, why let's talk, let's, let's do the why, right? So always start with, thanks, Simon Sinek, you know, start with why, why is it that you want to learn? What sort of value does that bring you? What motivates you? You know, what is that internal impetus to learning something? So Jason, let me ask you a question. Okay, go for it. When you wanted to start learning development and learning computer programming, software development, why? Why did you do that? For the money. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> just get a whole bunch of Lincolns, man. I'm just Benjamin Franklin was never a president. So there's a whole story for it, honestly. Oh, crap. I asked the wrong person. <laughs> you, you asked the wrong person. Yeah, you're going to learn today. Um, no, actually, I, I had always been kind of like a, an electronics kind of nerd. I, I liked taking apart things as a kid. I liked learning how things worked, right? So I had this 
uh, engineer mindset for the longest. Um, and you may not know, but or some some of our listeners may not know, but I actually was gonna uh, was accepted into a medical school, uh, a local medical school here in San Antonio, uh, the UT Health Science Center. Yeah. Um, and so I was accepted to go to medical school, and I was going to actually go in. And I have a couple. I had two letters of recommendations, um, but then I got burnt out. I was um, already in the medical field for about ten years um, through the army. Uh, I still wanted to do something that was challenging, because I think even in the medical field, you're always learning. So I wanted something else where I was like, I need to do something else that's like also going to challenge me um, mentally. Right. So uh, the big thing that at the time was um, tech and I kind of went the long way around. I went through like uh, IT uh, with the small business doing IT, like, um, you know, in-house calls, like removing viruses and, and whatnot. Um, and, and then eventually I got an opportunity to go into develop software development, um, which I felt was like, hey, this lines up perfectly with what I want, you know. And and I just wanted to keep learning and learn and learn. So that's that's my motivation for. It. That's cool. So from the medical field, removing viruses to the development field and IT field, removing viruses. <laughs> Nothing has changed. <laughs> Except this time, I'm putting in the bugs. Right. Nice. <laughs> that's true. You know, software development is just about adding more bugs to your soft to your uh, programs. That's really all it is. Yeah. I think there, there was a Python meetup that we went to. Well, I went to, not you. Uh, <laughs> uh, but that I went to, and one of the speakers was talking about, he had this quote, and the quote was really interesting. It was a kind, of, kind of like a pithy quote. And the, the substance of it was saying that if debugging is the act of removing bugs from the code, and then software development is just the act of adding bugs to your code. <laughs> which i thought was kind of funny so we're kind of like minimizing ourselves whoa bro whoa let's 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 not talk about minimization but so your your impetus for learning like what it is that really want or rather for getting into software development is to because you wanted to continuously challenge yourself and to learn new things and also to make that kind of like your your professional career right you wanted the the ability to learn and to you know kind of play around with electronics and computers and just see how things work. So really understanding how things work is what motivates you to want to learn more, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm I'm sort of in the same boat. Like I didn't like break down electronics when I was a kid. Um, but what I did do was I saw what computers could do, right? I think I got my first computer when I was in high school and it was a gateway and it was cool because it was like a 15-inch flat LCD screen. It was like one of the first ones. And it was an all-in-one, right? Uh -huh. So it had like this, not necessarily like egg shape to it, but uh, the monitor was like attached to the base and the base is where all the other components were. Did, did you actually go to the um, the Gateway store? I did, yeah. I went to the Gateway store. That was one of my favorite places to go to because I could look at all the computers that and of course, like I didn't really understand when I was younger what all that stuff meant because it's not like I had a computer understanding IT course in high school or mm -hmm. anything like that. You know, we had a keyboarding course, but that was it, just learning how to type. Yeah. 
<laughs> which like nowadays is like, why would you dedicate an entire semester to that? It's kind of ridiculous. Right. It's, it's, it's like, um, now it's, um, kids are typing in like the fifth grade, but that's cause they're typing on a, on a smaller device. Yeah. And it's every day, you know, kind of weird. Yeah, it is. It is. It is a very different, it's a very different generation. Days. Yeah, back back in my times, I, my floppies were still floppy. <laughs> <laughs> back in my day, we used an electric typewriter, and we had to use wide out to remove our mistakes. I still have that typewriter too. That 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 would be like a cool um, JavaScript plugin. It's called Whiteout, and it would just remove your comments. <laughs> You say that it would be cool, but I think the process of building it would be cool. I think the actual usage of it would not be cool. <laughs> right. It, it'd be a cool, like, funsy kind of like, oh, that'd be fun, but not not anything, like, worthwhile. Right? Yeah, kind of like Zombocom. Like, there's there's no value in Zombocom. It just, it just loads all the time. Right. <laughs> Speaking of loading, how do you load something new into your head? Like, techniques that people can use when they want to learn something new um are you asking me personally or like just like an actual i'm asking you to look at letter b on our on our outline jason <laughs> oh oh that that, that that was too much of the uh, how the sausages <laughs> don't don't break the fourth wall bro <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so uh one technique i've i've actually done this a lot um something similar to it um throughout my military career uh it's something uh, an offshoot of the Feynman method or the Feynman technique so um in the military we we did uh what's called like learn one do one teach one right so it's similar to this um where in the Feynman method you pick a topic you want to learn so give me a topic real quick Omar that you want to learn I want to learn Vue.js Okay, so you pick the topic and you go to their docs page, right? And then you learn a topic uh, specifically on Vue.js, right? Like routing. Um, mm-hmm. And then you take that concept and then you teach it. You teach it to someone else who's has no tech industry or who's not a Vue expert. Um, it could be like. Um, you could try, I guess, for yourself, or maybe if you have like a, a young sibling, right? Teach to them, and if they have this confused look on them, which they probably will, like, why are you talking to me? Um, then you can kind of see where where you're lacking in in knowledge in that topic, mm-hmm. right? And then the next step is to go back and to the document or the source, and and strengthen your knowledge in wherever areas that you were trying to teach you you try and get a better understanding of how that works and then the final step is to simplify and use analogies whenever you can whenever you're trying to um, teach someone this uh, this concept okay that's interesting so let's say for example i'm trying to learn and i want to be able to learn at least like a, a a piece of it right how to get started with it, how to get a project mm-hmm. going, how to, you know, create my first component, something like that, right? Sure. And then what I would do is I could take that information and then teach it to somebody else. Like, so say, for example, my wife is really interested in learning Python. 
and mm-hmm. she's more looking at it from a kind of like a data processing or rather data analytics type viewpoint. She just wants to see you know, kind of like what she can do with it to help her out in the health field. Sure. And so I could tell her like, well, hey, you know, you could take this component uh, and this is how you would build a component in Vue.js, but this is why this would matter because you could fill in data dynamically in this component by creating an endpoint with Python, right? You can create one mm-hmm. using Flask or Sanic or something like that. But see, as soon as you start doing that, you get stuck in like the jargon heck, right? Like you just get stuck seeing all these different words that would require still an, a broader understanding of like kind of what's going on. So simplify, right? Right. How can we simplify it down to its core components or how can we simplify it? So it's just, I have an understanding of this. And once I understand this, I can understand the next thing, right? So that's having that understanding for yourself and then also provide it to somebody else. Does that make yeah. sense? Is, is, am I on the right, the right spot Yeah, there? because then, you know, you could technically, you could lose someone on like, you know, make this component and someone's like, what's a component? You know, what do you mean by that? Yeah. You know? Yeah, exactly. And then use analogies to explain what a component is. Exactly. And don't go down rabbit, you know, technical jargon rabbit holes because then you're going to disinterest someone in that in that topic. And then I think also, you know, you it kind of shows without showing. I don't know if that's the right way of saying it, but like that you, you kind of you're using tech jargon to like uh, not have to explain, like you know, like, well, it's a, it's an, it's a, it's a class. Well, what's a class? Uh, well, you need to go learn about classes and object oriented before I can we can talk about this, right? Yeah. So it's just kind of. So <laughs> I have this bad habit that whenever someone catches me in something that I don't really under- get really frustrated. <laughs> Because like at at a certain point, like I don't want them to know I don't know. And then like mm-hmm. in my head though, while I'm trying like to shoo them away, I'm also thinking, How the heck do I explain this? What do I do? Yeah. And then I I, I come up with something and like I'm maybe like seventy five percent right, sixty five percent right. I'm never a hundred percent wrong, except for that one time, but that was just once. Yeah. And and I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> we know what happened then. <laughs> but all right, so the Feynman method, I think, is a really great way to understand something and be able to also share that understanding too. So an even ex- an extension of that would be to you know create a talk at a meetup, right? To go to you know a local meetup and and talk about the thing that you had just learned because what you learn, somebody else can learn from you too, and that's also kind of fitting in the means of I want to share what it is that I learned so I can actually condense it, compartmentalize it, and then I can share it because it's easier that way, right? Yeah, and I think I think you have to kind of go with the mindset like um if you're sharing your topic on a view of something, right? There may be someone else who has gone through the same thing and they have maybe a little bit more in-depth knowledge and they can like uh, uh abstract like an explanation better than you can. Mm-hmm. So be like go in with a, a humble mindset of like I may not be an expert, but at least I have a good fundamental understanding of this topic. Right. Right. And th- you may be flawed on some of it and that's okay. You know, don't go in like, I'm not going to teach this because you know, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't understand it completely. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. You know, you expose yourself, you Whoa. know, and, and on the, not, not in that sense. I, I mean like expose yourself to the community as, as knowledge, 
right? Right. Um, not not physically expose yourself. Don't do that. Yeah, don't do that. No, no, <laughs> no one will want to learn anything from. Yeah. <laughs> or ever never wanted to learn. So tell me about this this concept of just in time versus just in case learning. What does that all mean? Yeah. So I guess going away from our our Feynman method, right? Is why would someone want to go and learn something, right? Like you can teach someone all you want, but Oh, they want to learn something. And I think that kind of goes into, you know, just in time versus just in case, right? So yeah, you can go and learn Vue.js, but why 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 do you need to learn it? Right? Are are, are you like okay, so um so for your job, Omar, right? Do you, would would it be beneficial for you to learn like Scala? No. <laughs> <laughs> not at all yeah so like there's there's no reason for me to do <laughs> yeah so that's what i mean it's just like but um but would it be helpful if you had a better better understanding of like salesforce because you're more of a sales engineer right mm -hmm. yeah definitely that would make more sense for me to do right so that's the kind of concept of um of just in time uh, it's versus just in case, whereas just in time, it's more of like on the job or OJT training, right? So you learn about mm -hmm. the, you know, intricacies of your job that, that specifically, uh, target what your needs are. So you can engage, you tend to engage in, in learning better if it's, if it's, uh, if that knowledge is, can be immediately invoked, right? So you, you really need that information. Like, I really need to know, I, I don't know, what's something that's very important within Salesforce that you need to know? I would need to know, let's say, for example, if I'm, I'm, I'm starting a new company, I would need to know how they order their accounts and their opportunities. I would need to know, like, what are their workflows, what are their integrations, things of that, of that nature. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So those are things that you need to know. And, and are those things that, you know, if you went to the documentation page, could you learn that? Or, or no, that's more of a uh, like an organizational type thing. But for example, if I want to create like a, a reoccurring task in Salesforce, for example, right, uh, that's something that like I just I came. This is literally something that happened this week. Um, I need to submit a report to a client at the end of the week, every single week, and I want to have a reminder for that. Right, I want to have a task for it, so I would know like this is something I would have to do every single week. Mm -hmm. And then I tried doing that from the opportunity page and it wouldn't let me. And then I did it from the task page and it would let me. Oh. I was like, what the heck? Like, why is it working that way? So from the documentation, I was able to learn that and learn how to do it. So that's one thing I could do uh, in terms of documentation. But in terms of, you know, how do we use Salesforce? Uh, how do we manage our clients in there? How do we manage... Uh, you know, email tracking, mm -hmm. how do we manage a lot of those things, you know, our policies, and our procedures, those are all things that I have to learn on the job. There's no documentation that I would be able to read, especially at a startup uh, to get started yeah. with those things. And I, and I think you could, you could have gone through like the Salesforce documentation, like way earlier before, you know, with your startup mm -hmm. um, and read through the docs and, and understood that, oh, well, you know, yeah, that's done through the tasks, not through uh, like the opportunity, uh, you know, and then, you know, you might have learned that just in case you ran into the situation. Right. But mm -hmm. it, it works kind of like it, it works opposite where like you ran into an issue 
and you need to go research it, right? So you either look at the documentation for whatever API you're looking at, right? Or you go to Stack Overflow, yeah. right? Or, or whatever <laughs> the Salesforce equivalent of Stack Overflow is. Whatever that is, right? Yeah. So yeah. It, that's, that's the difference between just-in-case and just-in-time learning. Okay. Yeah. I really hope Ben Trent listens to this and he's like, Scala, I love Scala. Oh no, they said there's no reason for what's what's uh what was uh what was that? There was like a a claymation guy who would always be like, Oh no Oh that's uh <laughs> Oh my gosh. It's not Mr. Bean, it's it's something else. Oh my god. <laughs> Mr. Bill, it's Mr. Bill. Mr. Bill, yes, yeah. Mr. Bill. Yeah. Oh no, <laughs> it took us way too long to get that. All right. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, during so. during my career in in my growth as a professional, I've learned that having mentors is really critical, and the the real value that a mentor can provide is speeding up the growth process. Right, helping you get past mistakes that mm-hmm. you would normally make if you didn't have somebody to tell you to avoid the minefields, right? Like a, like a guide, right? Yeah, really really a guide. Mentors aren't necessarily teachers. They can teach you things, right? More of a, a just-in-time type of thing, more of a reactionary thing or a, a proactive thing where, hey, this is something that I've seen throughout my career or you know, these are some opportunities for you or this is something that I'm seeing uh, is is a is a growing trend, so you should probably get on top of that, so you can get ahead of it. Whatever that might look like, depending on the situation and the context. Mm-hmm. But mentors are not there in the same way that a teacher will be there, right? Right. A, a teacher is going to be there every day to help you learn some curriculum, so you can move on to another level of that same of a of a different curriculum or another level of that subject. Whereas a mentor is meant to help guide you, kind of point you in a, in a different direction or to point you in a direction of an opportunity. But it's up to you to do all the work to get there, to, to make the new mistakes and to learn the new ways of doing things that uh, your mentors are kind of like moving you through. And a lot of things don't change very quickly when it comes to people. Mm-hmm. But in terms of, you know, hey, you want to get that promotion, right? And you don't get along with your boss. So what can you do in order to get that promotion, but also more importantly, to build a better relationship with your boss, right? Because that person is going to hold you back in your career and having that better relationship is going to be key for you to move up in your career and to also to mature as a human being. But you would need somebody to help you understand these are some strategies that you can use to make that work because that's what I did in my past. And these are the things that I did wrong in my past. So you can make new mistakes, but you don't have to make the same mistakes that I did. That's the way I kind of see mentors operate. Yeah, in the army we did something similar to that. So whenever we were, um, whenever there was a transition between uh, our, our military units, um, there was the incoming unit that was taking off. So when we were finishing our tour of duty, there was another unit that was coming in that was taking over. Right. So um, those soldiers, we were they had a one to one, and we would shadow right 
and like, okay, for uh, a set number of days um, and learn like their routines, what to do, what not to do. And, you know, here are the things that you uh, are, should be aware of. And, you know, if you can hear the rocket noise or if you can hear the gunfire, pay attention to the direction it's coming from. You know, so these little minutia things, right, like that, oh, okay, I know what's going on, right? So you become acclimatized uh, to the environment, right? So um, that th we would shadow and then like, okay, don't do this. So then from there, it was up to us. Now we would make our own mistakes, but learn from them, don't do these other things, right? So that's kind of my take on exactly kind of what you said. Um, but it was like a military thing that, you know, I was used to. So it, it was nice to be able to apply that same kind of mentality at work, you know, is like learn from my boss, build a good relationship with him or her and, and or her. like, well, what a, or her. Yes. Yes. Him or her. Um, and I, I work with a really great uh, business analyst. She's very, very smart uh, and humble. Um, but I learned from her and, and, uh, and it's great, you know, and, and just, it's just being able to take in information and then, okay, I don't want to do that. So let me do this instead. Yeah, that know? makes sense. So another thing that I like about mentors is having them keep us, hold us accountable for things. Uh, I think that's what a lot of people say that when you're trying to do, when you're trying to lose weight, for example, that you want to have someone hold you accountable to it. Because you will be with that social pressure, you will be more likely to succeed because you have somebody telling you and keeping track of you, and you don't necessarily want to disappoint that person. Whereas if you disappoint yourself, hey, I can live with that. But if I disappoint someone I look up to, or I disappoint a friend of mine, or rather, I'm not keeping my end of what I'm saying that I want to do, mm -hmm. then it's it's harder to do that. So accountability is a means of preventing you from failing or from giving up, but it's also means to keep you going. So you can look at it positively or negatively, but I tend to look at it positively. It's, it's a means of keeping you on track. And if you do falter, you have the ability to get back on track and to continue learning something and continue improving a process, a skill and what have you. Yeah. Kind of like um, I agreed to uh, meet up with someone for lunch and I don't want to disappoint them, right? Mm -hmm. So you right? Yeah, exactly. I think that I think that's a big thing: accountability and exactly. If, I guess if we don't have an external locus of control for accountability, right? If we don't, if we're not, if we're just like you said, if we're not just, if we're making ourselves accountable just for us, then we'll kind of like let stuff slide. Yeah, and we'll put off that project and I don't want to go learn that. And I won't take, I won't go and study for my certification test, mm -hmm. you know? Yep. But, so having yeah. someone there really helps and, and mentors can provide that, but it doesn't have to be for mentors, but it's a really great way to keep you on track for learning something. Well, where, where, where could I find a mentor? It's not like, is my boss my only mentor or is there like another way, like someone where, like where, where's this pool of mentors? I feel like there's not yeah. enough, right? Yeah, and, and I think that's something that people tend to think uh, or people tend to get wrong about mentors because there isn't just like a place where mentors can be. And I've seen like people in San Antonio, they, they try to come up with like software that helps connect mentors and people looking for mentors. And those things tend to fail. So this is the way that I look at it. 
anybody can be a mentor and anybody can mentor someone else. Being a mentor is not necessarily like a, a, an obligation that requires legal documentation, mm-hmm. but being a mentor is more like, I want to help someone else because it makes, for one, it makes me feel good. And two, because I want to see other people succeed. And as management, your job is to get your team to succeed. So it, it makes sense that you'd want to look up to your management team for that mentorship, but that's not necessarily the only place and it shouldn't be the only place that you get it from. Mm-hmm. You know, having people within your own uh, sphere of influence, right? Within your own uh, networks, uh, talking to people like you, Jason, like you, Jason, you're always mentoring and you're not necessarily like the God of development, but you do have some experience, you have a lot of life experience, and you have a specific way of thinking about things. And all of that can be valuable to someone who is starting out or somebody who is on their way to their first job, or they're trying to look for that next leg up in their in their career, and they're just looking for someone to talk about it. Like Anybody can be a mentor, but understanding that relationship and understanding what that means and what are the limitations yeah, uh, that's all pretty key, and I think that's a whole other discussion, a whole other podcast. In fact, one of our community members, El Marquez, uh, she also does the Essay Tech podcast, which I, I highly recommend all of you guys check out. Uh, she did a talk at uh, B Sides Austin uh, about uh, mentorship, about you know finding mentors, being a mentor, all of that. So I think we should get her on this podcast to talk about her podcast one and two her thoughts on mentorship and how people can be become a, a mentor. So be on the lookout for that podcast in the future. Yeah, I like, I like that topic. And it's just so much more in depth with it. With it. Um, um, so meetups and, 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 and conferences, are these some like areas that, you know, I can look and learn and, and find more mentors, would you say? Yeah, I think even broader than just finding mentors. But going to meetups and going to opportunities to learn new things, but also to learn about things that are surrounding what you're doing, but don't have a specific connection to what you're doing. But if someone else is using the same tool set and they're using that same tool set in a new way. And so it helps you be more innovative in your thinking. It helps expose you to different ways of thinking and also exposes you to new opportunities to expand your skill set. So meetups, great way to meet new people in a very small setting and to, you know, at a monthly basis, weekly basis, however long, uh, however often that meetup meets, you have the opportunity to learn something from someone in the community. You learn, hey, X company is doing this and this is how they're doing it. Yeah. Um, Like earlier this week, one of my coworkers, he's one of the senior developers, he did a whole talk on GraphQL and why you'd want to use GraphQL and how it replaces, you know, React Redux and and other things like that. And they streamed it on Twitch. And it was a it was a great presentation. And you know, he's a he's a great presenter, one, but at the same time, all those people were able to learn something new about that technology that they probably didn't know about before. And that's super helpful. So I'm I'm gonna do this one for you, Omar. But but Omar, like I'm I'm embarrassed and I don't know anything and i don't want people to, to like know that I, i'm i'm like a junior developer or a noob so like i don't think i could deal with that emotional stress why why would i want to go to a meetup 
that's just imposter syndrome. That's that's what it, that's what we're here to help uh, diagnose one and two to help uh, heal and to get help people get past. So let's say, for example, you do feel that way. You don't feel good enough. You feel like you're too junior. You feel like I don't want to ask questions because I don't want people to think I am ignorant or I'm stupid or I'm asking the dumb questions. The worst thing that you can do for yourself is listen to that voice in your head that tells you you're not good enough. Because in every room, there is going to be somebody who is even earlier than you Mm -hmm. in something. And there's going to be somebody who is much later than you in something. So let's say, for example, um, at the Python meetup last month, the, the speaker there, he's a He's an advanced developer. He's you know been doing this for decades. I mean decades. And he was talking about um, how to think about programming, okay. which is something that when you reach a certain level, you start to think about, right? You don't start to think mm. about you know how am I programming when you just learn. You think about that whenever you understand how programming works, and then you start to optimize. So his talk was about optimizing the method in which you approach programming, not how do I program, mm. right? There's a difference there. So it's like a, a, a meta layer for it. Yeah, right? it's, it was definitely a meta layer talk. And there was a group of CodeUp students in there. And they had just started learning Python like that week. Oof. And it's, it was, that talk was probably more advanced than what they were ready for. And, uh, you know, kudos to them for being there and wanting to continue learning and being excited for it. Like, that's really good. And I encourage everybody who's especially going through a program like CodeUp to be a part of those talks and also to ask questions. Um, And it, it doesn't matter if your question is, what is a class in Python? Can you at least explain that? Because guess what? There were a dozen or so other people in that room that would be willing to answer that question for them, that would be willing to help them understand that. You know, asking, not asking a question is probably the biggest crime that you can do for yourself when you're learning something. Do you, do you think it's like a, like a social stigma or like a thing like the stack overflow that like people, or is it something completely different because of the imposter syndrome? Like, I don't want to ask because I feel like everyone's going to judge me for asking, right? Yeah, I think online people tend to be a lot harder because of that anonymous layer. Um, I, I think like if you look at Stack Overflow and you ask a question on there, and someone ridicules you for it, you you feel worse. You're like, you know, I don't, I don't really want to do that again because I didn't feel good, mm-hmm. right? Like I, I tried to reach for the cookie and someone slapped my hand, and now I'm thinking that I'm dealing with slapping <laughs> this this stinging pain in mm-hmm. my hand, and I'm just wondering. You know, do I go after another cookie again, right? Exactly, which I will, but... <laughs> yeah, which I will, because <laughs> no one's holding me accountable for my weight. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, uh, but I think in, in, in real life, right, when, when you're looking at somebody and you're in a smaller setting, I think it's a lot easier to be seen when there's not as many people there. So it's safer to ask those types of questions when you're in conferences and you're in large rooms the culture of the conference is really going to dictate how people are going to act 
So if you're at like a hacker conference and someone asks a, an elementary question and they get ridiculed for it, the culture there is not saying you shouldn't ask stupid questions. The culture there is saying you have to prove yourself before you contribute. Mm. And that's intimidating. In some places, it, it is like that. But at the end of the day, you have to understand that you are responsible for you and you are responsible for your own learning. And if you're going to allow somebody else to prevent you from learning something, you're doing yourself a disservice. I tend to think about that whenever I'm in any sort of situation. If I'm at a meetup and I have a question, if I can't find the answer to that question by Googling it or you know, just having a conversation with somebody, if I'm listening to a talk and they, uh, and they talk about some things I'm just not 100% on, I'll ask the question because there might be somebody else in the audience that also has that same question or needs that background before it happens. I don't care about that, that shame or that social stigma because I don't feel it anymore. Yeah. And I think it's just, it's just a matter of understanding that I am here for me to learn and that's my goal. That's what I want. And if I understand that, then the repercussions from trying to get what I want, they're not that hard to deal with, right? At least in my yeah. view. But, you know, I've been doing this for a long time and maybe I'm just more cynical <laughs> than when I was younger. Uh, I'll share this story. Um, uh, I was stuck on a question on the um, 2018 advent of code mm -hmm. and I reached out to Ben Trent and I was like, Hey Ben, I'll buy you lunch if you can help me out and help me figure out how to solve this puzzle. And uh, he's like, here, you ask the question and then Ben threw some mozzarella in your face. Got him. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> how dare you? How dare you? No, um, no, but uh, he was like, yeah, go for it. And so we met up. Um, he was nice enough. I didn't have to buy him lunch. I bought him like a coffee. But like I, I felt so bad, honestly, because like uh, I mean, he's a he's a math nerd. He honestly is like he has a degree um, in that. I think we he mentioned that earlier uh, in a previous pod, uh, mm -hmm. episode. Um, and, you know, he was so nice to like explain and not like get frustrated because I wasn't understanding um, some of the, the, the uh, uh, how to solve the, uh, the puzzle. And it's just one of those like, oh, okay. And I just kept on like asking elementary questions like, you know, well, what about this and this, you know? And it's like, oh yeah. And like, let's, it's just this. And okay, let's think about it. Right. How do we, so it, it proved to me like he really had a general understanding of the problem and, and he could kind of like abstract away and simplify it. Right. And I was humble enough that I could be like, okay, I'm, I'm not an idiot. Right. But I don't have a firm understanding of this, of this puzzle and this, in this topic and how to solve them, you know, this puzzle, but I have someone here, they're willing, they're, they're you know, almost freely uh, giving up their time or his lunch break. Right. Uh, 
just one coffee yeah yeah i bought him a co- i offered him lunch you know I, I i was i'm in the position where you know i'm a paid i'm a professional developer i i paid him you know to help me out you know but maybe someone else is like I, i'm not a paid you know developer i'm not a professional um and, and so i don't i can't pay someone you know to to tutor me or mentor me and there's a lot of mentors that'll do it for free but i digress um but ben um i feel now is a mentor to me because i can go to him freely and ask him hey um what about this or um you know big john roberts i can ask him too you know like hey uh you know in net land how do i do this you know um so it's just it's it's once you kind of get past that whole imposter syndrome mentality, once you get over that little barrier, it really is a, honestly a small barrier. But once you get over it, you you there's a lot more opportunity that awaits for you, and there's more seasoned developers that are willing to help you. You know, it, it's yeah, it, it's yeah, it very sense. very cool. Yeah, and like learning, so other places you can find others to learn new things or to hold you accountable, find mentorships. I mean, there's plenty of sources. The internet has connected us more than anything else in the entire world. Mm-hmm. And there's Discord groups. Like right now, I'm looking at Discord. I'm on the Fedora Linux group. I'm on uh, this one Vue.js static site generator group. I am on uh, <laughs> the Legend of Zelda Reddit <laughs> Discord group, right? <laughs> yes, I'm on that one too. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, like there's there's Telegram if you want to learn more about cryptocurrency and lose all your money. There's uh, other Slack groups like the San Antonio Developers Slack group, which you can find at satx.dev. Uh, remember that satx.dev and you can get access to our slack channel through that website there's forums there's uh, youtube and twitch Uh, people are doing a lot more things in in programming on twitch Uh, youtube same thing Uh, you can leave comments there and ask people questions and people will be able to help you out Uh, i posted one youtube video like almost two years ago and people are still commenting on it and thanking me for talking about how to edit XML in Python. (laughs) I'm still getting subscribers to this day. And I I posted one video. And so I'm thinking like, maybe I should make another Python video and, and maybe I should just keep doing that because I want to share more of that information. Yeah. And I think sharing knowledge, you know, it helps you, right? Cause you Mm -hmm. get a better understanding of that said knowledge. And and now that's right. Making it, more freely available to others um what would would you be open omar if maybe we post like a a discord invite to the show notes on on this episode so we can say hey look uh we are the imposter the cure for imposter syndrome right so feel free to ask us for questions join our discord absolutely yeah right yeah, if, if people have questions, they want to get help, and I have the ability to do it, I'm happy to help. Yeah, definitely. All right, so let's do that. We're, we're gonna add, we're gonna add an invite to our Discord. Um, join it, um, and, and you know, you can talk to me, Omar, or Sakari, and um, there's other mentors, there's other seasoned developers that are part of our Discord as well. And and you know, feel free ask questions for real. Just get past this imposter syndrome. You know, humble yourself a little bit, you know, and, and, you know, feel free to ask those elementary questions like, 
how do why are we incrementing this i in the for loop um something you know just don't be afraid to ask yeah, don't be afraid anything to ask. how do i machine learn yes <laughs> statistics <laughs> well, well we'll just get we'll just get ben trent but i do have a question for you jason and that is, we're about to enter the month of April. It's my favorite month in the entire year because this is the month in which I was born, you know, oh, a cool. couple of years ago, <laughs> yesterday. Um, Wrong. It's so the anniversary of your birthday. That's right. Yeah, it's the anniversary of my birth. It's I was able to sustain my life on this earth as we revolved around the sun multiple times. So that is worth celebrating. But beyond that... What else are we doing here this month of April? Um, yeah, so uh, April 4th, there is a Python meetup um, at the Geekdom Event Center uh, here in San Antonio. Um, so they're going to be talking about, I guess, uh, I think it's a lightning talk yep. uh, for, for Pytexes. For Pytexes, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so Doug is going to be is doing that one, and anybody who has a talk or they want to do like a uh, a practice round for the lightning talks at Pi Texas, they can definitely share what they want to know, what they learn, and they can try it out in front of an audience and see what the audience thinks and what sort of feedback they can pro- uh, provide. So I definitely recommend people to go to that one. Uh, you'll be exposed to a lot of interesting things in Python. Would it Would it be cool to go to for someone who's like um, doesn't do Python, such as myself? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I mean, programming is programming. The tool in which you choose is is the tool that you choose. But mm. fundamentally, programming is mostly all the same. So a, a, a broadsword is the same as a katana. It's just they're both instruments of battle. Yeah. I mean, yeah. If, you, if you distill it down enough, it's, it's all just carbon. <laughs> <laughs> We're just stardust, man. We're just stardust. Hey, so what was this thing you were talking about? Pi Pi Texas? What what is this? Yeah, so Pi Texas is gonna be a, a state uh, a local uh, Python convention. Uh, it's it's a fully kind of like an open source type of convention and all focused around Python and, and what people are doing with Python. So that is gonna be on April thirteenth and fourteenth at the mm. Austin Central Library. So tickets are still on sale right now. Uh, if you missed on the early board, uh, unfortunately, they, they are uh, a bit, a little bit expensive. But if you're interested in Python and you want to be more of, about the Python community and see what people what people are doing in Texas with the language, mm. definitely take some time and go one day or both days, whatever you want to do. Uh, but it's it's going to be worthwhile. It's that conference is always a good one. Cool, cool. Is there anything else that's not um, like Python related? Yeah, so there is going to be Inotech San Antonio, which will be on April 3rd and 4th. Now, Inotech is focused on technology in San Antonio. Like, what are people doing with tech? What are some of like, the, the next steps in technology, information technology, cybersecurity, things of that nature? And the next innovative thing. Right? Innovative. Oh, that's why they oh. call it Inotech. Yeah. I just, wow, you just blew my mind on that one. So that one's going to be April 3rd and 4th. So it is during the week, but you can get in for free. And when you sign up at InnotechSanAntonio.com, or I think it's InnotechSAT.com, use the code CyberDef, that's C-Y-B-E-R-D-E-F, CyberDef, 
to get in for free for both days. What? Free tickets? Sign me up. Free tickets. Yeah, man. It's going to be great. And so let's go back to Python because I love Python. Oh, God. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) This, like, literally, these are the only events that we could find this month. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, They're, like, development related. We we need more events, guys. So if you're listening to this, you know, share with us some some links if you got an event, you know, uh, and we can, you know. Yeah, send us your links. Send us your events. Yeah, for sure. So the last one's what? Data science. Data science. And that one's going to be the earliest one this month. It's literally on my Tuesday, right? So they, yeah, Tuesday. So uh, it's a San Antonio data science meetup. Um, and it's um, is it hosted by CodeUp? Yeah, it's hosted by CodeUp. And the thing is that they don't want to call it SADS, SADS, San Antonio data science. That's SADS. SADS, so SADS. SADS. <laughs> that's, a bad, that's a bad acronym right there. I know. Hey, everyone. Welcome to SADS. <laughs> it's like uh I, I don't know if you watch uh um uh pixar films but it's like uh wreck it ralph with uh sour bill you know they just they could just use the sour bill as their as their you know speaker like welcome to sads uh, <laughs> kind of like eeyore from winnie the pooh yeah or uh sadness uh, <laughs> I feel like we're being overly negative for a pretty great. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, right. No, it is a really good. It's a really good group. It's a really good meetup. Um, data science is hot, right? It's a new hotness. Nothing to be sads about. Yeah, no, for real, for real. Um, uh, I know they have a cohort going on. I think you have a friend that's in data science, right? I do. She's doing pretty so, well. Ah, uh, so um. It would be pretty cool if we can get someone uh, her on and uh, on this episode on a future episode and talk to her about her experience and um you know some inside information what's going on. Yeah, that'd be cool. I'll ask her. Cool. Yeah. So that's that's our stuff for what? Events for April and then we'll, we'll Yep. Cool. So we're learning to learn. Um so let's recap real quick. Omar uh learn one, do one, teach one right find a mentor mm-hmm. and go to conferences get out there get out there and learn right that's right so i'll go ahead and close it off here but if you have any questions comments feedback anything at all please feel free to hit us up on twitter at devmap podcast or email us at devmapteam at gmail.com or if you want to reach out to us directly Feel free to reach out to me at written by a panda on Twitter or put a pull request on the repo that Jason has at CPT Crunchy, Captain Crunchy, or just go on to the San Antonio developer Slack at satx.dev and get yourself an invite from there. And feel free to subscribe to this podcast by going to anchor.fm slash devmap podcast or anywhere where you get your podcasts, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, anything like that. And we will see you all in the next episode of DevMap. Thanks for listening. Thanks, guys.